1: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
2: Mac ain't better than ever. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance on this Wednesday. There literally couldn't be more going on. We got the college football playoff. We got some guy standing in sunglasses on the Central Michigan (laughs) sideline, and we need to get to the bottom of it. The World Series is a game away from being over. James Harden has landed in Los Angeles. And while you were sleeping, the Raiders fired their coach. Let's do this. Here we go.
0: Only
1: one place to start. Team owner Mark Davis announcing he's fired coach Josh McDaniels and general manager Dave Ziegler. I just think that the owner had enough of, you know, everyone being upset. He finally came to grips with that. It's probably bad for his organization to make a big change right now. All
2: right, let's roll along here. Uh, It is with great relief that I tell you that Jeff Saturday is with us here on the program alongside our beloved Kimberly Martin. I say that because the last time... We had an NFL coach fired in the middle of the season. I I woke up to to find out I didn't have Jeff Saturday anymore. (laughs) Took away one of my most important pieces. We lost the pancakes. I don't know what the heck I'm going to do. That was the first thing I checked on this morning. Wait a minute. There was a coach fired? Do we still have Saturday in the building? Thank God we do. Uh, Let's start Kmart with you then, my insider. What happened here? This this was a disaster, of course, but I I didn't see it coming this quickly.
3: Yeah, I think the only thing, someone, ju- a GM just texted me, like, are, are, were you surprised by the news? And I'm not surprised by the news. I'm just surprised by the timing. Yeah. Um, this essentially amounts to two wasted years in Las Vegas. A franchise, as we talked about on Get Up, Greeny, a franchise that um, once was a standard and now is sort of just become overrun with dysfunction year mm-hmm. after year, a lot of head coaches. And um, I don't know how it gets better. But here's the good news: you make this move now. You have Antonio Pierce in the driver's seat as the interim head coach. You have Champ Kelly as the interim GM. Mark Davis really needs to take his time with this decision because he's been able to hire WNBA coaches and have success. Becky Hammond, thats what a championship team looks like. Football-wise, he has not been able to get it together. And I don't know what's gonna—I don't—I don't, I don't know—I don't know. Let Do you me have put confidence? a number
2: to what she just said. Since his father died, Al Davis died in 2011, so let's call it 12 years. um, Antonio Pierce will now be the eighth different person to be the head coach of that team some of them had interim attached to their titles including him but so what the point is there is no organization in any sport or candidly any business of any kind that could have eight different people be the leader of their organization over a a 12-year period and have any chance at success they're a laughing stock and again i said this on get up and i will get more into it as the day goes on but i I, I the Raiders mean something to me for sure. Like the Raiders, that the eye patch and everything else that's <clears throat> that that is football royalty, and he, they have made it into a joke. Yes. They're a laughing stock, Jeff.
1: No, there's no doubt. And when you think about the fan base that the Raiders carry, there, there's no one like it. I mean, it's it, even the Oakland, like the whole deal. I, mean, I played them everywhere. It's it's awesome. Like mm-hmm. they have an awesome fan base. Vegas has an incredible incredible stadium. Like all the things going for it that way. I think the the major issue for Mark Davis and what he's going to have to do is he's going to have to find a coach that wants to bring the identity of the Raiders back. And and if you think about like think about great or storied franchises, the Steelers have a look Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to be physical, right? And everybody mocked Dan Campbell when he came on as the coach of the Detroit Lions. And he, they, he was talking about, you know, kneecaps and biting ankles mm-hmm. or whatever it was, right? And everybody, and he goes, oh, t-, or he goes 110 and one or something. And everybody wants to run him out of town at the beginning of last year when they were one and six or one and seven. I can't remember what it was or one and five. And then all of a sudden you see this massive switch in this team and they start winning these games. And he'll probably coach of the year this year. And it's because the Detroit ownership. And general, everybody stayed together. No one moved outside. Everybody kept rolling in the same direction. I felt like with McDaniel, there was no, there was no clear identity or direction, which is a shame, right? The guy, I mean, obviously he has a tremendous amount of respect in uh, you know, in, from the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. position with, with the Newland Patriots, but in both stops of his head coaching career, the, the the relatability to players has always come into question but when you when you don't have something to hang your hat out like like dan campbell has physical toughness mm-hmm. we're going to run the ball and by the way they got rid of matthew stafford and got jared Goff. that everybody thought there's no way we can win with this and he stayed the course with him players buy into that and they play outside or above the x's and o's and so i think when you see that that's what mark davis needs to go find it's not just about who can call plays they the staff that this head coach is going Going to bring in is going to be extremely important because you are going to have to get the buy-in, and you are going to have to be patient. It can't be two years in again. To, to Greeny's point, you fire him and restart. It, it'll never get better if that's your mentality. There is no, there is no microwave fix to yeah. the problems of the Raiders. But think right
3: if now. you are, if you are Josh Jacobs or you are Devontae Adams in this locker room now. Devontae Adams left <clears throat> Green Bay as we talked about on Get Up about. Because there wasn't certainty with his quarterback situation. He thought he was going to have that in Vegas. And so what he signed up for is not the situation that for it is sure. now at all. So Antonio Pierce not only has to keep, keep the, the morale in the locker room going, get guys to still buy in. When around you, you're like, "Is this ship sinking?" Because it feels like it is. Yeah, I, I, that's let, a difficult me, thing to do. Let
1: me speak to this, I, and I will say this as a coach of the Colts. And and after after Frank was let go, Frank Reich, their their head coach was let go, and I came as in interim. I will say this: players are gonna play. They do not. There ain't no back down. These dudes understand what is at stake for these guys because every tape that is shown people see what you are and you create a reputation by the way that you play on the field coaches can overlook poor schemes poor whatever they will not overlook effort they won't they won't overlook like none of those things i will let you these guys will play hard and the thing used to bother me the most about media when i was coaching they'd be all the players quit no they did not bro turn the freaking tape on and go those give respect to those dudes because they are putting literally their physical bodies on the line each and every they will play the hard part is the the coaches making sure that you keep all because they know like their wives they went home last night very very uncomfortable mm-hmm. those wives those kids all the it's real this doesn't happen in a vacuum y'all yeah. they all got families folks are going to get fired coaching staffs get fired and these guys understand it it's how do you get those guys to all lock in and go hey man we're going to lock arms for eight weeks let's go get this thing be competitive we might not win a lot but we're going to be competitive and as a staff we're going to grow this thing together that's what that's what he's facing today.
2: All right, Granny with you here, jeff saturday kimberly martin with us we're presented by progressive insurance save when you bundle motorcycle rv and boat insurance visit progressive.com it, it's ironic because this is purely coincidental my, my t coming at the end of the segment is going to be that i'm going to get into two teams that did things that show just how woefully incompetent they are the raiders are one of them the other is the bears because i do not for a moment Whoa. understand the trade they made But I'm just seeing, Kimberly, for the first time, this story from Courtney Cronin. Are you seeing this?
3: They fired the what? So so the
2: Chicago Bears running backs coach, Mm -hmm. David Walker, was fired yesterday over his behavior in the workplace, a source confirmed to ESPN. The Bears' HR department was involved in the decision A source told ESPN that Walker had previously been reprimanded by Bears HR for his workplace behavior and a second such instance led to his firing. He is the second assistant coach to leave the staff this season. You'll recall that the former defensive coordinator Alan Williams resigned in late September. There were the, the circumstances surrounding that have remained murky. And so here's another one. It just makes you feel like, you t- uh, did you use the term rudderless ship? Did one of you say that? Or the ship is sinking? Yeah. I mean, that that's that's really what it is. It's not sinking. It's rudderless. Uh, These ships are too big to sink. Yeah. The NFL is too big. The Raiders aren't going away. The Bears right. aren't going away. There have been Chicago Bears since the 1920s. Right. And there will be in the 2420s. But they are rudderless. Yeah. And that that is the problem. That's the problem in Vegas. And it's the problem in Chicago.
3: Because you don't, know what the Bears are doing. Like, I don't no. have a clear... You talk well, about identity. Worse. They don't know what they're I doing. Don't, I don't understand what the long-term vision is. And it goes back to... This is an ownership issue because it goes back to Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy um, having their jobs, drafting Justin Fields, and then them getting dismissed after his first year. Because then you resetting everything. his development. Everything is, is, is just a mess. Then you bring in a new guy... And it's just, I A just defensive don't, coach. A defensive coach. Right. Like, I just – like, here's the thing. I don't profess to be smarter than NFL head coaches or GMs. But all the decisions have to make sense together. And so when you're trying to follow the logic, it's like, just explain it to me so I see what you're thinking. A lot of my conversations with GMs and head coaches, okay, I understand why in that moment you did it. But when you put all the Bears' decisions together, I don't know what – I really There's no don't thread. Know. No, yeah. you're right.
1: And 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 for you know for the the Bears fans, like this is a great player. Like Sweat's a good player. I mean, yes. d- make no mistake, he can play. So you're getting a you're getting an upgrade, and you need an upgrade at that position. But the issue of giving up a second round pick, which will most likely be 35 ish, so somewhere high, yeah. right? Like second, it's going to be a high second round pick. And you're going to have to either franchise him or pay him a massive contract. Had you waited eight more games, you can go after that guy in free agency. You may have to pay a little bit more, but you're not losing a pick. And So now you're losing the pick. And I'm going to be honest with you, if this guy doesn't know what the Bears are going to do, he would be silly unless the deal is just so incredibly high. Why not just, okay, franchise me for a year. I'm going to see what this, what this team is doing. So you may lose the pick and the player, and that's never a good situation. And by the way, you don't want to improve that much. I mean, listen, like you know what your team is. It's not like you're going to go win eight games in a row. So your draft, you know, picks matter. And unfortunately, the way that works in the NFL is the worse you do, the better that pick becomes. And so, why try to change that? I just I don't understand. Again, to Kimberly's point, I don't understand the thinking. Not that the players not great. Not that you know. But but from from the long-term vision of where the team is going, I just I don't I don't understand
2: it. No, I mean it does because there's nothing to understand. Yeah, like we sometimes assume a level of competence. In these people, just because they 're in important jobs that they obviously don 't demonstrate, and this isn 't Kmart to me it 's not about knowing. not about being smarter like they 're supposed to know more about football, mm-hmm. but these are not just football things like these right. are just the basic function anyone who 's ever been involved in any sort of activity, any professional activity or otherwise that involves multiple people right. y- you have to have some, uh, you have to have leadership that knows how to lead, and yeah. they don 't have that in Las Vegas and they don 't have it. In Chicago. A couple of huge games this weekend. Let me get yeah. quick takes, Jeff, because um, I, I always love my Tuesdays and Wednesdays with you, but I won't have you the rest of the week. Who do you like, Dallas-Philly?
1: I'm going Philly. I just, I just think physically up front, I think both lines of scrimmage, they're just better. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that the Cowboys make it a really fun, interesting game with Dak. I just think overall, Philly ends up getting this win.
2: In Frankfurt, we have Miami-Kansas mm. City. That's a really interesting game. It is very interesting. I'm
1: going to go Kansas City here because of the loss last week. I, you, you just don't see Andy Reid's teams tanking. You don't see Mahomes struggling. Yeah, they're going to they're coming with with you know with a cross to bear, for lack of a better term. They, they are not happy about this lack, lo,
2: loss to Denver. So mm-hmm. that if that didn't happen, I may have went the other way. But I'm going Kansas City right now. And then the the other one is Cincinnati Buffalo. That game is in Cincinnati. I'm going Cincinnati. Look, I, I think Cincinnati. Wow. I think Cincinnati scares everybody. I'm just telling you right now, when you saw Burrow last
1: week in mm-hmm. San Fran, that dude looked different and their defense looked different. So it, you can put, be put on notice for two things. The way they got after San Fran, and I know Trent Williams wasn't playing, but the way they got after uh, Brock Purdy mm-hmm. was impressive. And then the way that, that Burrow ran the ball for, I think, close to 50 yards. Yeah. like The way
3: woo! he's moving in the pocket. Dropping back, moving up, staying Like, you're like, okay. That's now it, he's that, back. That's the joke. And then all of
1: a sudden you see that Jamar Chase numbers go Ooh, and then Boyd Higgins, like it's like, oh my gosh, you know. So, so I'm excited about that one.
2: And then finally, Kmart. Yes, dear. You know that you are arguably my single favorite person, <laughs> and yet today I was so disappointed that I could not get you to play along no. with me on the mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, no. Nick Lowry, Taylor Swift kerfuffle. Her you fuffle? know don't how badly I want that to be something. <laughs> we
3: know we could feel it. We could feel it. I can't make asking. it anything. Kmart, you sure you don't feel anything yeah. No. I think uh, there are certain players that that deserve a certain level of privilege. And Travis Kelsey, separate of Taylor Swift, I don't even care about Taylor Swift right now for a second. What Travis Kelsey does on the football field warrants that Travis Kelsey should be able to go to a World Series game and get to his game and not have that be... The thing that that is is used as the reason for them losing. Come on, how about some of these receivers? Like catching a lot it. of guys drop passes in that <laughs> Catch game. Catch the Like uh, defensive, you know. I I just think there are bigger issues beyond Travis Kelsey, and Travis Kelsey literally is their offense. Hey,
1: thank you. So he is so the, he is the Saquon him. Barkley of <laughs> right. the Chiefs cut him offense.
3: Right. please. Greeny. Yes, I agreed.
2: On. Maybe Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore should have gone to the World Series. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then maybe they would have Watch caught the, the ball themselves. Part. But yes. you know how with, Jeff? Would it have been different if the criticism? not come from a kicker. Tell the truth. If he wasn't <laughs> Well a kicker, the kicker
1: kicking part definitely doesn't help. No. But no, but 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 either way, if, like if just, Mike
2: Vanderjack came out and said this now, which how would you react to liquor it? Liquor idiot kicker. I like yeah, it. Yeah. I like it. Bring
1: that back. Our, our, uh, our, idiot that liquored, be, our yeah. liquored
2: up idiot kicker.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With the Peyton Manning drop yeah. dropping on it. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. It, the kicker part probably didn't help, but who he's going after right now, yeah. maybe the second most popular person in the on the planet mm-hmm. because of T Swizzle. Is that he's what it is? Swivel. Is it T Swizzle? <laughs> But Tay. Tay Tay I go Tay. Yeah, yeah, Tay Tay Gr- Greeny always helps you much. Yeah. Friendship. Bra- so he's with the most popular person on the planet right now. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't
2: go, I wouldn't go striking a fight with that one. Mm-hmm. You guys are the best. Thank you. Love Kimberly, it. Martin, Jeff Saturday, much more. As we go up next again, two teams did things that show just how woefully incompetent they are, and we will dive into them right after this on ESPN radio. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's macy's.com
4: slash gift finder. This show is sponsored by better help. We all carry around different stressors. I do. You do. We all do big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space For no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash greenie today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp help dot com slash greenie. G-R-E-E-N-Y.
2: Greenie the
1: podcast.
4: Hi,
2: right, Greeny with you on ESPN radio. Uh coming up, we've got two incompetent teams. And we're going to demonstrate just exactly how and why they remain that way. We'll do that in 30 seconds after this word from Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop on by. All right, the assembled members of the Hashtag Crew have assembled around us here. Greeny with you. Hembo was with me in New York. Bubba and Cam are in Bristol. And I woke up this morning to the stunning news that the Raiders had fired their coach, Josh McDaniels, and their general manager, Brad Ziegler, overnight. It was a foregone conclusion that Josh McDaniels was going to get fired. I just didn't expect it to come as quickly as it did. It was a foregone conclusion the day before they hired him. Raise your hand if you thought Josh McDaniels was going to be a huge success as a head coach in the NFL, after everyone in the world knows everything there is to know about his personality, about the way he conducts himself, about the way it went the first time, and why it went so badly the way that it did. Some people are not meant to be the leaders of an organization. Some people are meant to be offensive coordinators, because they're very good at it, and he obviously is very good at it. And this was so easily foreseeable. We foresaw it. We talked about it yesterday. The Raiders, in 2021, had one of the most ridiculous years you could ever possibly imagine, They had like six things happen to them that year that should have derailed them, that would have derailed practically any other team in the NFL, including their coach, who was the overwhelming face and figurehead of their organization in every conceivable way with a 10-year, $100 million contract, not only being forced to resign, but being forced to resign during the season under scandalous and racially insensitive circumstances, like the worst possible thing that could happen inside your organization. Other than perhaps one of your best players killing two, well, a person and a dog in a a car accident in hideous fashion, having been driving well over 100 miles an hour at night in Las Vegas. Plus any number of other ridiculous things that happened to that organization that year, people resigning, stepping down, all that stuff. Destroyed them, right? I mean, that team obviously had no chance. Except that they won a bunch of games late in the year and made the playoffs. Why? Because they rallied around two people. Their quarterback, Derek Carr, and their coach, Rich Bisaccia, An NFL lifer who everybody loves. Everybody unanimously loves. And he, became, he just fell into the job because Gruden fell out of it. Carr, who has, his leadership has always been somewhat looked at askance, steps up in a huge way, and they have a tremendous second half of the season. Considering the circumstances, I I thought that was one of the great runs that we've seen a team have in recent years. And then, what does the owner do? They go to the playoffs, they lose a tough game on the road against a team that wound up three points away from winning the championship. What does the owner do? Hires Josh McDaniels. He, he gets rid of both of those people. Not only does he not give Bisaccia the job, which everybody on the team wanted him to, but he goes out and hires a coach who anyone who knows anything about anything knows is not going to work with Derek Carr. Derek Carr plus Josh McDaniels equals oil plus water. What, what Carr does and what McDaniels does are two totally different things. This is not actually a criticism of either of them. It is just that they did not fit together. So essentially, the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, who is only that because his father is one of the great legends of pro football history in a million different ways, for anyone who doesn't know, Al Davis was an assistant coach, a head coach, the commissioner of a league, a general manager, and an owner, one of the architects of football as we know it today, and leaves the team to his son. And his son has turned it into a laughingstock, a joke. They were a joke, they're a punchline. And, and it has never felt more awful than it does today. And if, it's, if you're saying to yourself, wow, Greeny sounds really personally offended by this, I am. Because I love that organization. When I was a kid in the 70s, the Jets were so bad and, and, of course, they were and will, would always be my favorite team. But you had to pick another team to like that might win something. You had to pick a team that in the playoffs you were rooting for, and the Raiders were my team. John Madden, Ken Stabler, Cliff Branch and Fred Bolitnikoff, Dave Casper, Art Shell, Gene Upshaw, Dave Dalby. Uh, 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 what was the name of this? Uh, George Bueller, John Vella. <clears throat> that was the offense. The defense, Otis Sistrunk and Ted Hendricks and Jack Tatum and George Atkinson. Ray Guy was the punter. They were an unbelievable, they they were, were, that meant something. The Raiders and the Steelers were the great rivalry of that time. It elevated football. And then they bring in Tom Flores and they bring in Jim Plunkett and they win Super Bowls. And then they have another decent little run there with Gruden. And now they're just a joke and they have been forever. So it does bother me a little bit because that's an organization that should
0: matter in the NFL and it doesn't. It doesn't, and candidly, it hasn't in a pretty long time. Since, since losing Super Bowl 37, the Raiders are 119 and 211. The Raiders have lost 92 more games than they've won since the 2002 season. Only the Cleveland Browns have a worse record during that time. They've employed 12 head coaches, so Antonio Pierce will be the 13th. And over that period of time, they've had a grand total of two winning seasons. So there are people within the sound of your voice that don't have any recollection of any of the the, the good in the history of this franchise because it's literally been 20 years since they've mounted any kind of success over any kind of period of time longer than one year.
2: Yeah, That's where they are. And because the problem is the one person with perfect job security. This is what frustrates me so much. You can fire everybody else. No one's going to fire the owner. When, when, When teams are this bad for this long, You've gone through every other person. It can't be the GM because there have been 10 of them. It can't be the coach because there have been 10 of them. It can't be the quarterback because there have been 10 of them. It can't be the the defensive coordinator. It's the owner. It's the person in charge, and there's nothing you can do
0: about it. Here's the juxtaposition. So you just equated or at least compared the Steelers and the Raiders. The Raiders have had as many head coaches since 2021 – as Pittsburgh has had since 1969. That's right. Therein lies the problem. So when when, when he replaced, or when he decided to hire Josh McDaniels, that was the same cycle uh, in which the Dolphins hired Mike McDaniel and the Giants hired Brian Dable. He hired John Gruden the same cycle as the Tennessee Titans hired Mike Vrabel. So in the end, the problem here is Mark Davis very clearly and very obviously. Like, you need to be able to exercise discernment in hiring and then exercise patience and conviction with your process. He treats this team like it's my fantasy football team. Like, it's not obvious to me that he didn't just decide at some point yesterday, haphazardly, that he's doing this merely because he can. Yeah. It it just got
2: so – I guess it has gotten so bad. I mean, in each game, the Raiders this year have scored 21 points or fewer. They've rushed for fewer than 100 yards. (laughs) They have recorded at least one turnover. They're the first team to do all of those things in each of their first eight games of a season since the 1941 Cleveland Rams. They haven't won a division title since 2002, as you point out. You point out that Antonio Pierce will be their 12th coach in the last 20 seasons. Josh McDaniels was 9-16 during his time with the Raiders. All of
0: those numbers as ridiculous as they may be, are even worse when you consider the fact that they have, like, a generational wide receiver. Yeah. Like, a miracle befell them. Yeah. And they still are producing, like, historically bad offenses. Yeah. That is crazy.
2: It is. And and, and if there's a moral of this story, it should be told to Devontae Adams. Do not go to the Raiders because you're looking for stability. (laughs) He left Green Bay because the situation seemed unstable. That team is owned by the fans, for crying out loud. And he went to the Raiders, who were owned by Mark Davis. And you're right. He has now had, well, he's had three coaches. No, I guess he's only had one coach since he's been there. But the year before, there were two. Mm -hmm. So if you go back to the start of the 2021 season, they've been coached by John Gruden, Rich Bisaccia, Josh McDaniels, and actually now uh, Antonio Pierce. They will have had four coaches over the course of a three-year stretch. The Pittsburgh Steelers have had Art Shell, excuse me, Art Shell, have had um, – uh, why did his name just jump out of my head? Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower, and Mike Tomlin coached their team since I was two years old.
4: 55 years. That's
2: incredible <laughs> if you think about it. And look, it's, so it's no mystery why one of them is a joke and the other one is one of the most revered uh, franchises in sports. You can be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper calling line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without – The delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. The other one is the Bears. We touched on it a few minutes ago when we had Kimberly and Jeff Saturday here. Uh, The firing, you know, an HR-related firing of another assistant coach. It's just a bad look. I I don't know exactly where to point the finger of blame in something like that, except that it's now happened twice in a two-month span. Um, but let's even put that to the side because I don't know any of the details there. I would be talking um, just sort of out of my rear end, but I do know that they traded what will inarguably be one of the top 40 picks in next year's draft and may very well wind up being much higher than that for a player in Montez sweat, who is going to be a free agent when the season ends, which means, They will have as good a chance as anyone, if they want to, to sign him then and still have the 35th pick in the draft. But they chose to get him now so he can play for them these last eight games of a hopelessly lost season, and then they can try and sign him the same way. Are they thinking that if he comes into the organization, he will find himself thinking, oh, I got to be a part of this. Who would ever leave here? You're probably better off leaving the mystery in that one. It's another just terribly run team. Terrible mistakes, that, that, that terrible decisions that don't ever line up with each other. The timing of everything is always wrong and backwards. And what you are left with is a team that is just basically bad
0: forever. This is one of the most foolish trades in the NFL that I can ever remember. This is right now, like exactly at this time, this would be the 37th pick. And he's a good player, but he's not a, a premium player. And so you're signing up for half a season of Montez Sweat on a 2-6 and six team, for what? For, for the right to franchise him for $20 million? For the, for the exclusive right to extend him for the next two months? Like, it just does, it doesn't make a lick of sense, especially when you consider that an hour later, the 49ers traded for Chase Young in what is now scheduled to be the 100th pick in the draft. Yeah. I mean, it's... It is one of the more foolish decisions I can ever remember. Like this is a team that just gave a, that gave away a pick for Chase Claypool not uh, Claypool not long ago. Have you not learned your lesson? The reason that teams hoard these draft picks is because they're so valuable. The 37th pick in the draft is going to be four years of cheap cheap control, four years and something like seven million dollars guaranteed. Like the opportunity cost here is massive. this is this is really really foolish. Yeah, really foolish. It makes no sense. That's the
2: point. I've always said I don't have a problem with people who make decisions I disagree with. I have a problem with people who make decisions that make no sense. The things that you do have to have some connection to each other. And going all the way back, I don't want to like you know start this whole thing over again, but going all the way back to not firing Matt Nagy before they drafted Justin Fields, everything they have done made no sense. That was the beginning of it. And everything they have done since then has been logically inconsistent with everything else. All right, Greeny with you here. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Um, Progressive.com. There's something I think that I just want you to know.
4: I need you to listen carefully.
2: I just want you to know. All right, uh, Hembo, what kind of reaction did you
0: get to your Halloween stance of yesterday? Overwhelmingly positive. I heard from Halloween truthers all around the globe. My opinions expressed towards Halloween yesterday, honestly, I might not have gone far enough. These are things that needed to be said. This is a holiday. This is a social construct propped up by bad actors. And I'm so sick and tired of bad actors
2: are we talking about? People
0: have a problem with big pharma. Talk about big candy. Talk about big candy. I heard from dozens of people, many of them religious, saying thank you for standing up for what we believe in. The national media has gotten this wrong for generations. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now
2: why you're wrong. Because um, I love Christmas. I love it. And I'm obviously not a Christian. But Christmas is two things at once. It is a religious holiday. For people like you, it is the the birth of Christ, and that's great. I love that you have that in your life. God bless you, quite literally, when I say that. That's great. For me, it doesn't mean that. But what it does mean is all the other stuff, the family time, the gifts, the memories that are created, all that sort of thing. And that's why people say to me, well, Greeny, why do you always say Christmas? I love Christmas. Christmas for me is that. That's what it means to me. Everything is allowed to mean whatever you want it to mean to you. Halloween is not a pagan holiday for crying out loud. As these kids are walking around with, with their, in their costumes and their little bags of candy, they're not going, you know, I'm really contemplating worshipping the devil as I get older. That's not part of the conversation. These kids? You're defending these kids? I'm defending these kids. So oh. I will tell you what happened to me yesterday. I'll mm. tell you how I, this is what I did for Halloween. I dressed as a golfer, which is to say I played golf. It was a nice day yesterday. My buddy Tim is in town. We went out. We played uh, 18 holes at Bayonne Golf Club. Beautiful. And I'm driving back, and I drop him off in front of the building because he's got his clubs and all that kind of stuff, and then I'm driving to uh, my parking garage, which is a couple of blocks away from where I live. And at one point, the street, we're stopped because the street is getting closed down, and they're letting this huge uh, procession of kids you know moms dads whoever it is that's with them all dressed in their little costumes and I'm just and I normally if anyone who has ever driven a car in New York or maybe any city knows if they shut the street down in front of you like that's a bad moment <laughs> like that's you're not but in that moment I just sat there and watched with a very wistful smile on my face as I watched all these little kids and they're all looking up and they're all excited and they're walking around and they got their candy and their bags and all that kind of stuff and I thought back to when Nikki was Minnie Mouse and Stevie was Batman and Stevie was a, a, a Darth Vader and Nikki was one of the princesses. I forget which one now and all that stuff. And we walked around and all the fun that we had and all those memories. And I'm telling you that those are
4: precious,
2: like soak those in. They use an expression now, inject that into your veins, inject it into your veins I wish I had said this yesterday, because I didn't really think of it until I watched it. So it's too late for me to warn you about this. But here's what I'm telling you right now, that there is going to come a time when your kids are going to be 23 and 20 years old, and you are going to miss this night so much. You are going to think, my God, that was so much fun. All the excitement that leads into it, all the fun of doing it the dividing up of the candy afterwards. Oh, Stevie got a Kit Kat. I got this one. I'm going to chair back and forth. Stace likes these. Daddy likes the, you know, the, the um, Clark bars or whatever it is. Wh- whatever it is that you do. But these are great memories. And they're not pagan. And they're not. They don't. That, that conversation, I guarantee you, never came up in my house. I didn't even know that was part of this till you told me yesterday. So that's my unsolicited advice to all the moms and dads out there. It's, it's 364 days away right now, unfortunately, but enjoy it next year because when it's gone, you are going to miss it much more than you might expect. Coming up, we are one game away from six decades of history being rewritten. You'll hear why right after this on ESPN Radio. Who doesn't want to start
5: their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Greeny, the podcast.
2: Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Um, I was getting a little worried. We hadn't heard of any firings from Las Vegas for almost an entire half a day. Uh, but sure enough, the Raiders have now fired their offensive coordinator, Mick Lombardi. Uh, so they fired the head coach, they fired the general manager, and now they have fired their offensive coordinator, Mick Lombardi, as well, which does, of course, beg the question, if they were cleaning house, why in hell did they keep Devontae Adams there? Like what? I guess the only logical reason would be to try and keep the team a somewhat... Um, a destination that some coach with any credibility, gravitas, or other options might be interested in taking. You, you, want, you want that job if Devontae Adams is there. But can you imagine being Devontae Adams, waking up this morning after you essentially publicly begged them to trade you out of town? You wake up this morning on the day after the deadline, and they didn't trade you. You wake up, they fired the head coach and the offensive coordinator and the general manager, and you're still sitting there.
0: This is a Hall of Fame player whose career has gone to ruin in Las Vegas. Greenie? what I looked up was the, the, the wide receivers who have caught the most touchdown passes that were drafted in the last 30 years. Like, basically, like, who are the best players at that position since Jerry Rice came along? He is going to turn 31 in December. He is already sixth on that list with 90 touchdown passes in his career. This is a potential, like... First ballot Hall of Fame wide receiver. A very, very rare thing to come along. And he is wasting away in Las Vegas. It's terrible. And, and they didn't trade him
2: away. So again... The Raiders, everything we said about them a few minutes ago, we repeat with, <laughs> with, with great vigor. Uh, Starting Stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone.
4: I'm ready to go right now.
2: Green light, light with Greeny. Yeah. All right, World Series could end tonight. You hear every pitch, as always, here on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Rangers, a 3-1 series lead, looking to win their 12th straight road playoff game tonight. And if they do, they will win their first World Series in their 60-something years of existence. I am noticing the television ratings. And we made a big deal of the fact that the League Championship Series ratings were up, highest they had been in some period of time. The TV ratings now for this World Series are substantially down. Game 1 was the least watched Game 1 in recorded history. Games 2 and 3 were both the least watched World Series games of all time. This again after we just had our most watched LCSs since 2018. I know the commissioner was on our pregame show on ESPN Radio last night, and a lot of the questions are about this, which, which go back to the questions about the playoff system. We talked about it before the postseason began and before this series began. The Rangers and Diamondbacks earned their way here. They 100% belong here. But clearly, they have not proven to be the teams that America wanted to watch.
0: No, that's right. I'm not exactly sure, though, if it's, if it's less... A, it's, it's, to me, it's less a matter of how, how good they are and more a matter of the fact that these are just not teams with big legacy-type fan bases. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that a playoff format is is going to adjust. All baseball can do is control what it can. And I think, over the course of time, these rules changes that they've made, which are a net positive, will, will manifest with uh, increased TV ratings. But I think, like most things, like that takes time. Like there's a public lag there. Like Baseball's national interest has been wa- had been waning for so long, which is why, in some sense, Major League Baseball decided this, they needed to make these changes here or now. But it's going to take a little, bit, a little bit of time before that manifests in the TV ratings. Can I say something? Mm. This is where baseball's
2: inability to create stars bites them in the butt. Because when the Oklahoma City Thunder made the NBA Finals with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, no one complained. And the TV ratings weren't down because those guys were stars. When the Indianapolis Colts go to the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning as their quarterback, no one complains. Green Bay is, well, terrible example because Green Bay has been around forever. But these other sports are less team-dependent and market-dependent because they are star-dependent, which is to say the New Orleans Pelicans probably have less historical cachet, certainly than the Texas Rangers do, even than the Arizona Diamondbacks do. But if Zion Williamson leads them to the NBA Finals, I don't think we'll all be saying, oh, this is a disaster for the
0: league. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. If, if Corey Seager and Zion Williamson were standing on a street corner in New York City, what percent of people passing by would recognize those guys
2: well I mean their their appearance are so different. I mean Zion is so big that he would be impossible not to be more noticed anyway, but to answer your question seriously mm-hmm. i I would think that that Zion would be recognized. By well, let's 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 put this in the context of people who might be inclined to watch a basketball or a baseball game. Mm-hmm. Zion would be in inclo- would be recognized by at least seventy five percent of them, and Corey Seager, I, I I'm I'm honestly going to say, would be recognized by less than ten percent. Yeah, of
0: I that. think it's like ten to one too. And Corey Seager is brilliant. Yeah. I mean, and he is a superstar. He's playing on a contract worth. Three hundred and twenty-five million dollars. He is a potential Hall of Fame shortstop, having like his second like legendary October run. But unfortunately, you're hundred percent right. Like Major League Baseball is is, I guess now unfortunately so connected with the with the team aspect of things to where you have you have great players in this series. They, the the excuse me, the, the, the Rangers have Semien and Seager, $500 million worth of middle infield and no one cares that much. The, the, the Diamondbacks have an outfielder in Corbin Carroll who's as brilliant a rookie as we've had since Mike Trout. Just not that interesting to people. And so all baseball can do is make the games as compelling as possible. But the inability to create stars is most definitely a major issue for you the You know, sport I right asked there.
2: Mark Teixeira about this years ago when Mark worked for, for us at ESPN um, after he retired. And I said, why is it that we see so few baseball players doing all of the marketing and things like that, that we see the basketball players and increasingly the football players do. And he said, it's really twofold. This, this is what I remember him saying to me. And this was not, it was not a, a, a private or conversation. I, I don't, he wouldn't have a, any problem with my sharing this one that the season is so long. their their days off are so precious and few that none of them want to give up a day during their season when they're making as much money as they do to go shoot a commercial or anything that is work. They need a day away so badly. Go see your family, whatever it is. I mean, they basically play every day for seven months. So that's part of it. And then the other part of it is the money. Baseball players make so much money that the amount of money that, that they can make in these endorsements just aren't as meaningfully different. Someone like LeBron James, James Harden, all those guys, they make hundreds of millions of dollars in endorsements. For a baseball player, many of them, $150,000 is not a good reason to take,
0: you know, give up one of your off days. Well, let me ask you a question then, because— What's the obligation? Because yesterday you sat here and said that your biggest issue with James Harden is that unlike his predecessors, he doesn't, have any, he doesn't feel any obligation to leave the league in a better place. That's a big problem for baseball, like most famously with Mike Trout. Like that's my question for you is, what is the obligation? Because nothing that you, know, you do in that sense impacts anything that happens on a field. But for the greater good of the sport and in growing the game, it's my belief that superstars like Corey Seager, like Mike Trout, do at least have some responsibility to carry the torch
2: yeah maybe i mean we, we saw a lot of guys do it a lot of that comes with postseason performance a lot of it just does come with where you are i mean derek jeter did it brilliantly for whatever it was 20 years I and mean, there aren't that many people like that in the world and in baseball right now there aren't very many of them at all it has nothing to do with how great of players they are because Corey seager is having one of the great world series of all time we'll continue this conversation as we roll on on espn radio